messages. Heath Burr and Alyssa Fleischer here. Let's get started. Sounds great. All right. So Alyssa, you came up with this great idea, actually, based on our last one of letting go and thought it was a perfect fit. And I'm excited to talk about it today. You want to give us a little yeah. insight on that? Yeah. So I was thinking about the letting go part and then what happens after. And um, there are things that show up and one of them I call pain shopping. Sometimes we're addicted to the relationship mm. and or maybe the person. Mm -hmm. And that can lead to this idea of pain shopping that you and I are going to unpack. Yeah. What's exciting about it is that you've brought some other ideas of what pain shopping is to the table that I never even thought of. It's so weird. Like, why do we even do that? Right. It sounds so messy, right? And, so that's, and so the more I kept awful. thinking about it, I'm like, wow, this is when you're really in the messy that you're pain shopping in some way, shape, or form. And messy can be good, right? We all say it's okay to be messy right. these days, right? Everybody seems to be okay with it more than they were in the past when we had to be stoic and couldn't show our messy, right? right. But it does feel messy to me when I think about my own versions of it. Well, and also it doesn't, you know, it doesn't lead to anything healthy, yeah. you know? So what am I up to in that moment really? Is it like, am I feeling sorry for myself? Am I wallowing? Do I, you know, it's pain shopping. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. weird, yeah. right? And like you said, I think you're getting your fix, right? And yeah. like any addiction, uh, you need to get a fix, right? And you need to, you feel like, you know, you're, you're going through some kind of withdrawal, maybe. Uh, you lost your person. You know, right. you're dealing with all kinds of shame or self-loathing or, you know, emotional, you know, emotional grief, whatever it is. But you then decide instead of taking a walk or, you know, meditating or, you know, doing something maybe more on a high road self of yourself, you kind of choose the low road and say, let me just go out and spy on this person or go find out, see pictures with them being happy with somebody else and, right. and, and gut myself, basically. <laughs> let me gut myself. Let's right? see how I can damage myself uh, this yeah, afternoon. Right? It's raining yeah. out. And, you know, it looks like a good day to gut myself. <laughs> and just get, get busy on this pain shopping. Yeah, that's fine. Let's try that. Um, and then there's, a you know, sort of like a, a sweeter version. Like if I miss my grandmother, who I was really close with, you know, I have this box that, that she had saved all the cards I made her when I was little and, mm -hmm. you know, sweet things. And I know it's going to hurt. It's that bittersweet, you know, mm -hmm. but it is a form, it's pain shopping, but mm -hmm. it's, but maybe that's to find love. And so, you know, ultimately, um, actually I can do it with my, my first marriage. I enjoy looking at my wedding album. Right. My first, it's like, the, who are How those cool kids? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. it's sweet, you yeah. know, it's sweet and it, and it doesn't feel painful. Um, it's is it just, melancholy or something like that? Would you say? I mean, I'm kind of reaching with you here on where is the pain in that? I right? think Versus it's just like, oh, that's, nostalgic. that's still, it's more like about the girl there. Look okay. at that girl. Like who she isn't. Oh, oh like that little girl. About yourself and who that was. <laughs> yeah, like, once and yeah, just sort of, you know. Which it, could bring up some pain from the time and all that, right? You are, you might be really subtly pain shopping, you know. Something, not, not yeah. It, but yeah, all of a sudden you start to revisit that person and it but could I, bring back some of those memories. That, yeah, and I yeah. think in that version it's a higher road of just sort of seeing the path that you've taken and sort of honoring the journey maybe that got you to where you are today. Mm-hmm. But to start with, I think the compelling one that, that everyone can really sink their teeth into is the, is the ugly version. It's the ugly version, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's a, you know, a great point and to kind of frame it out a little bit more. You know, as we've talked about high road and low road, there's, 
in my mind, we all kind of have this two persona about ourselves, right? We have our shadow self and our our inspired, loving self, right? And so we're all going to bring in our high road and our low road into every relationship, right? Because it's a constant journey on, right. and on balancing that out. These conversations even give us the opportunity to kind of put a, a meter in place where we can start feeling what high road feels like more, practice it more, live in our integrity, uh, continue to resolve past pains and so on, mm-hmm. and, and kind of keep ourselves from going low road when we've been given the opportunity. So let's talk about what low road looks like. Let's hear a Heath story. Uh, (laughs) I like Heath stories. Heath stories. Yeah. Gosh, it always takes so much courage and candor in these stories, doesn't it? I know, I know. Yeah, so my my divorce about 14 years ago when we were just separated, Mm -hmm. um, Nicole and I had gone through a pretty messy end of our relationship that kind of ended up where, you know, she had moved, uh, three states away right and so um uh, we had two young children at that time and i was kind of unequipped emotionally uh for that kind of experience right this is marriage i thought it was supposed to last forever Uh, nothing i could do whatever you know to death do us part was my mentality in one part of it right and uh even though, you know, looking back, it's, we both feel very liberated to not be in that dysfunctional relationship and have created a healthy relationship later. But I think from my, my human training was is that I should go panic and manic. Then that I think that's I think that's <laughs> I mean, normal like, human that, wiring. That to be honest, like wiring, yeah, right? like I think I that's everyone's at the beginning because we don't have yeah. we don't really have the tools. Uh-huh. I mean, we don't. I didn't have the tools, right? And so I was in panic or manic world, as if that's going to work, right? What what did that? How'd that play out? So yeah, I mean, well, I was packed up and up, you know, moved to that state to get close to my kids, and you know, so it was only a matter of time before now I was in the small town that you know they, that she had moved to, and. And it was only a matter of time before I heard about the new boyfriend already, right? Mm. You know, and so just more messy and and so on. And so now I'm there. I'm pissed off about the new boyfriend. Just we're just separated, not even legally yet, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all Ugh. way too much, and it's, it's icky gutted. And it's gutted, and and you know, and I was had my part in all the messiness and the codependency that got us there. So I had to own up to that, right? And still do to this day, you know. Yeah, my version was coming in and trying to knock on the door when the boyfriend's there and making a scene. Or I was just in all the drama. I was in high adrenaline, mm-hmm. right? I'm my behavior is erratic, yeah, at best, right? I'm trying to hold it together in my day job, and you know that I'm now working remote up there as a new separated father of a six month old baby. Even this is all very wow. fresh, right? And so I'm like rocked to the core and my only thought is how do i how do i get this back and so i'm doing all the shitty stuff i'm paying you know shopping and and i'm uh you know sending mixed messages to her and so and you're I'm, like you're are you driving by her house I'm driving by the yeah house. like give it a yeah, give it some because we've all I'm, done I'm, it I'm taking you know the same yoga class that she's taking yes to find that's what i'm talking about you know, <laughs> talking to and i'm right. and i'm you know you know stalking a bit on facebook and i'm making stuff up in my brain and you know whether yes. it's true or not yes and i'm you know, just kind of low road, you know, I'm in a low frequency space, not coming from integrity, not feeling, you know, in my power. You're you're panicking. I'm feeling feeling powerless. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, wanting to feel in control of your relationship or your life can look like is this complete fear of being powerless in it. Right. Yes. So then I start, you know, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to intellectualize this. That's where I work best. I'm going to get in my head and figure out Mm -hmm. this hard thing isn't working. I'm a mess. Right. So then I start searching on, you know, how do you save your marriage? 
just clearly, how do you save a marriage? How do you save a marriage? How do you save a marriage? And I'm going through just like miles and miles of content. And I get to this one weird, you know, pay 20 bucks for my PDF download and you can have the answer on how to save, save your marriage. Ooh. And I'm like, wow, this is like, I, I have a feeling about bucks. this. I have a feeling. And sure enough, it was really funny. It, it, it shared with me kind of, um, you know, some of the manipulation techniques of, you know, of, of dating even, right, of kind of, don't be emotional. Don't be as if you, this is, you know, destroying your life and having the other person have to know how all your, you know, all your feelings and how much they've done you wrong and how huh. we have to get this right. You just basically kind of, it, it said, just be kind of cocky, funny and go, we'll get through this. Something will work out and act like you don't care. Wow. And so I was like, is it really like that? Right. You know what I mean? Huh. So I just started practicing it. And next thing I know, I was not repelling uh, Nikki anymore. She was interested in having that lunch. She was interested in maybe talking about going to counseling. She ended up landing back in counseling with me. Wow. It, it worked. That's crazy. Which was so weird. <laughs> and so then, of course, I just want to paint shot for myself some more. Let me do it to myself and go, am I okay with this working? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, this is like too contrived. I mean, can I believe it? I mean, is this, is this, and that's really before I started to spend more time understanding about masculinity and femininity and the dynamics of dating and relationship and stuff that, you know, you know that have become, I think, more common knowledge. Right. right? Right. About how we work and operate with each other as as humans, you know. And so so then all of a sudden I wasn't manic and panic anymore. I was just playing this other guy. And so then I had nowhere to stuff my pain. Oh, wow. But I had a whole stage play I had to put on. Oh, my God. To try to save my marriage. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's I, need a nap. <laughs> I would have rather it not worked at, yeah. the time, at that moment. Right. Huh. And so it eventually gave us a window there where we retried again. We moved to Tampa together and I ended up moving and setting up a home and, and, uh, it looked like we were maybe going to save our marriage. And then she kind of fled. Ugh. So then we just went through, we realized the relationship was over. We got a divorce. And at that time I took custody of the kids and brought them down to Florida and when you realized that it was really over, did you go back to manic? No, it was kind of weird, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and I, you know, I was thinking about I was thinking about high roads as well, you know, yeah. and that. But I think, I think because I kind of self convinced myself, right, that it was uh, that I shouldn't be feeling these feelings. Like I had this new tool, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. Um, I went into therapy, and I got to go in and really uh, dump out all my my pain and and uh, have a form for it. You know, to where I didn't feel like I had to stuff it anymore and I could work through it. And therefore, I could start to really come from a higher place of integrity to be raising my kids and to not be going through this long, blown out, grieving process Mm. of I can't believe. And I had to start even admitting to people publicly that I was divorced. And that was a hard one for me, too. Right. Right? Like, I didn't want to tell anybody. I'm so glad you said that, though. You know (laughs) what? I'm so glad you said that because you don't really know how to announce it. It's like, but you don't want people asking you. So you kind of just want to lay it out there. And again, there's no tools around this. You know, we're just kind of winging it because, you know, I was the only one I knew in my community that was divorced. And so I didn't even have anyone to go to. I think it takes a lot of strength to not go into our shadow self and, and not, you know, a- act out in a way that's going to be damaging to ourselves and others. I mean, it's very difficult, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and I thought was so interesting, too, with that whole experience with my ex-wife was that later on, maybe a year later when I had kind of moved on, I was doing dating and, you know, we were obviously divorced now and I wasn't 
I didn't have all of those raging feelings uh, and jealousy and control and uh, about, you know, us messing up this very important thing called marriage. Mm -hmm. right? I was like, I got to breathe again into there might be life after divorce. Right. Yes. And I'm sitting there and I go, you know, one thing that's kind of weird for me is I actually don't miss the marriage anymore. And I feel like I'm happier in this new life that I'm creating. Uh, but I do get these waves. And is it grief? Am I trying to convince myself of, of, of something? Am I pain shopping? Am I just want to feel like, you know, like life's going too good. So now I want to I want to make something wrong of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, and so am I am self-sabotaging again, right? Like, and am I using this pain and grief? And so uh, the guy that I was speaking to, a very intelligent man in his, in his 80s, you know, he goes, well, you know what? There's this interesting study that came out that all these heart transplant patients keep these journals. And over the last 10 years, a high number of them started reporting that they had lost the ability to have feelings. And so it began this conversation around, is the brain making stuff up or is the heart an organ of its own? Oh, I love and that. Have, and have its own... Uh, process that the mind doesn't really have a part of. And so I realized, wow, I'm mentally reconciled. Right. But my heart isn't yet. Heart isn't healed It's yet. not healed yeah, yet. Yeah, there's and cracks so in I it. I haven't found that reconciliation in there. Interesting. And that's why I'm trying to do good work and be a, a good dad and, you know, try to get some therapy and I get my life together, concept. which was some high road stuff, right, where I could choose the high road. And, and just by getting these insights, I could then clue in more on what was going to, allow me to be my higher self. I love that. You did the work and you were able to move on. And I mean, I, I know close friends that are really still broken up about relationship that mm. has ended a year ago. Mm. You know, what keeps them stuck? It's that attachment to maybe keeping up that story of I'm broken. Mm. I'm, you know, I, I can't, I can't let go. I can't mm -hmm. stop. And then um, well, but it's a fix of its own, isn't it? It's yeah. almost like, you know, you, it's a, it becomes an addiction of its own. It's, yeah. I, you know, I'm the lonely, broken person because of this relationship falling apart. Right. Something right. like that. Yeah, right? something in that space. Uh -huh. um, you know, I, I do know some people in my life who have somehow never gotten over a relationship that ended many years ago. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to to talk to those people about their upsets, well, I, right? I loved it. You mentioned something about this before, and it'd be fun if you could talk about it a little bit more here on this on this part of the topic was, you know, closure, right? This like oh need for God. closure, right? I and hate you're, that. Not, you're not a big fan of I'm, I know. The word closure, I think right? it's BS. I think <laughs> I know I'm gonna get a lot I'm gonna get a lot of pushback from this, but from some people. But um but yes, I feel like we have this concept that closure has to happen between you and the other person. And we make up a story and we do it in our heads like a movie, like, oh, we just need to sit down and talk about when this happened and that happened and, and they just need to understand me. And, and by the way, if you could sit down and have those conversations, you probably went to broken up That's to begin with. was exactly going to be my <laughs> point like, too. Yeah, it's yeah. like, guess what? No, There's, the only closure that you're going to have is with yourself and it falls in line with bad news. I got some bad news. Mm -hmm. It's on you. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no magic words that's going to come out of that person's mouth that's mm -hmm. going to heal that wound that's stabbing you when you wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't exist. And like my story with before with learning how to save the marriage, if I wrote the script for them to play out that closure story, it still wouldn't let you know, right. work because exactly. now I know it's inauthentic. So you can cry with me and tell me you love me and it's been a beautiful time together and walk out that door. Right. But you just played the script that I asked you to play for some false illusion of closure. 
Right? Yeah. And, so it doesn't and then even... that won't even work because then you know you just had them write the script. You know? Right. There's just no. There's <laughs> I'm not a fan of closure either. It's just it's I just not real. Was, but I don't think so. I've thrown out the word closure and I've, I've totally adopted reconciliation. I love that. That's so much better. Yeah, and I think when we start to change the language around our breakups, then we can have more powerful healing, I think, and and less low road in the breakup. You know, I'll, I'll talk about uh, the the fresh one for me. Uh, fresh, yeah, please. Fresh, fresher. Fre- it's not really fresh anymore. It's two years ago, <laughs> but I can talk about it without without feeling it. So right. it's more like a mo- like. Let me tell you about go. this movie that sure. I saw. Yeah. <laughs> so um. But yeah, with my uh, second marriage ending very abruptly, a very dramatic, annoying affair, it, you know, I felt like my life was pulled out from under me, literally. And, and it wasn't one of these relationships where it slowly started to die, where it's like you just look at the person, you can't wait till they're out of your space. It, it wasn't that. So I suffered for a long time. You know, it, was, it wasn't like you a few months. chose suffering in a way like we I, were talking about. You kind of chose it. I, d- I couldn't right. get out of my way. I mean, there was no way for closure. We were not talking. We were, mm. you know, there was a lawsuit at one point. So it was just, it was a messy, messy thing. I mean, I wasn't eating. I think I lost, I'm not exaggerating, like 30 pounds in a month and a half, you know, and it's not like I'm six feet where 30 pounds doesn't show. You know, so people are like, oh my God, are you all right? Yeah. You know, and, and I was doing the kind of pain shopping where, where I knew he was playing out and I'd drive by the venue to see if her car was there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I would look on social media to see where he was playing and, and I would fantasize like maybe I'll go and I'll sit in the corner and watch. And mm-hmm. I didn't actually ever do that or did I? I don't, know. I don't think I did. But they, they call that kind of like the, you <laughs> know, really. psycho bitch, basically, right? Like, you know, like, I, I could be a psycho, Maybe, yeah. psycho guy or a psycho girl right. or whatever, right? Like the, yeah, yeah, so... Um, be a little psycho. Yeah, I was, I was definitely <laughs> feeling psychotic, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and But at the end of the day, he was living his life, having fun, because he was Didn't with even know, didn't even, wasn't dude. even hardly aware. Yeah, he oh, moved no, on. He was, he was, well, I'm not going to give him that credit, because he was... Um, while I had him blocked on Facebook, I was getting calls from people because he was manically posting about 30 to 100 posts a day at one point. Oh, right, right. All about me and burning oh. down my house and oh. all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff. So, so people were worried. Not over it. Yeah. Mm, I don't know what that was, yeah. but whatever. It's That's whatever. He pain was shopping. Doing. That's, <laughs> he was doing that's his own some, I don't know yeah. <laughs> what that was. But, but yeah, well, so how did I get out of that is I think I just eventually... I was exhausted of myself. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, like get on with it. Like Mm -hmm. you can't continue this way. Cause I was feeling, yeah, I was having really dark thoughts and that's not me. That's not like my, my true wiring. And and so after a while, you know, I had to just admit to myself, like this is on me. He's not going to come knocking on the door and, and apologize. And even if he did, like, what does it matter anymore? It, it does yeah. it, you have it, to reconcile this for yourself. It's for to me. Move on with your life. Yes, I had to look way. at it. I had mm-hmm. to look at it. Who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. You know, and and I had this thing that um, I operated with, where I just kept telling myself, just act in grace. If I didn't know what else to do, mm-hmm. I would remind myself, act in a space of grace. And so I did that, and 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 eventually, you know, slowly stopped looking at social media mm-hmm. and and stopped even following where he's playing out, stopped asking people about him. When people would call me to want to tell me something, I would say, I can't hear it anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. I'm not, I'm not trying to act like, oh, I was so strong around him. I mean, it was really 
hard. It, it felt like opposite of what my body wanted, what my, what my heart wanted. Mm-hmm. You had to pull yourself up by the boots and really get back out there in life because you were in a pity party. It right? was like a pity mm-hmm. rave. Pity rave. I love <laughs> that like, vision. It was like a pity <laughs> rave. Like we're not talking to the little romance movies, you know, laying no. around crying, eating popcorn. No, this was dark. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it took me over a year. I'm not going to lie. And this is less really about the relationship year. in this case, right? That It's really more about like after that was done and you had let go at this point, even in the letting go, you had to go through this incredibly long period of time, whatever that is, whether it be weeks or months, it all feels like eternity. I'm sure when you're in it yeah, of more than grieving, it is a, is a choice to look at yourself in the mirror and to let that relationship reflect back at us. Right. And say, Am I being, you know, my highest self or my lowest self and why, right? And it's a great opportunity. But what I like about, you know, you telling that part of the story and why that feels like a high road to me in many ways is because you can say, oh, it's just, you know, feeling sorry for yourself and whatever. But the high road is I believe the enemy of reconciliation is distraction. And so you've used, you know, a good analogy where you can't just paint over the moldy walls with a new coat of paint and expect your life to just go on as planned. Right. You have to you know, get to the core of what's going on. And many, many of us in different parts of our life choose distraction so that we don't have to go manic and panic, if you will, about that relationship. We can think we're moving on, but we're not addressing anything. We're not reconciling with ourselves. We're not reconciling with the partner. We're right. just we're just distracting ourselves to give ourselves relief. Well, right? I had I had moments of it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. You know, when I think back, I had some dark moments of just wanting to not, be in so much pain. So, you know, I'm not a big self-medicator, luckily, Mm -hmm. but uh, I definitely had some really bad drunk nights where I acted not gracefully. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it was part of needing to get to the other side of that, to wake up the next day and say that that didn't solve anything. You know, now you have a hangover, Mm -hmm. which is never helpful when you're already depressed. Now you may be embarrassed about, you know, being being drunk and in public or something like that. So just stopped it. I just stopped it. I was mm-hmm. like, cut it out. Well, some of that we've talked about, you know, again, having done it myself a few times in my life, you know, there's a lot of self-loathing also that goes into that. Oh, my right? God, I mean, yeah. You're, you're, you're ashamed of your behavior while you're doing it. Absolutely. Right? And it's, you're not sitting there feeling, even though if you're pounding your chest, acting like you're vindicated, we come back and we recycle all of this shame and self-loathing back into ourselves again. And you just keep cycling this is negative emotions. And I think that's part of the addiction of relationship is that we've experienced love as negative emotions and positive emotions. And I'm hoping to heal my broken parts through this woman mm-hmm. with this woman. She's my healing. And she's she doesn't even know it. She's right, I, right. I pull out a contract and say. <laughs> By and the way, this is what we're going to so play what, out. <laughs> so what I'm in many cases, what that addictive relationship shows up as is, oh, her negative traits really turn me on because this is a place where I feel, uh, you know, my dopamine, my, my hit is negative love, not just positive love. Right. right? And so I'm I'm pre-preparing for, I can handle gracefully negative love when maybe I didn't do it before. And I've shamed myself for that as a kid. Right. right? And so then we pick these relationships that maybe weren't healthy from the beginning, weren't going to get any healthier, but they were really just a mirror for me. So I think that Possibly, those are the relationships mm-hmm. that turn into the addictive ones. Right. When they're yeah, they did it for me, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, right? yeah, was, and was, that when we do have these relationships where we're addicted to the person, 
that that is more likely the ones that we act out with that pain shopping. Mm-hmm, exactly. My biggest addiction relationship where I was addicted to the person was that six year I had in between my marriages. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it was just a nightmare to let go of. Like I have never felt so much pain in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like I can remember just like literally going outside and laying on the ground and like screaming into the earth. Like a crazy you're such, you're person. Such a person. That's why we do this. I love you for this. I love you for your passion. I'm not that bad anymore. But yeah, you know, know, but it was like that. But it was really like that, yeah. you know, and um and just couldn't fathom like not being in the world with him and like what is he doing right now? I remember thinking that like I can't I don't know what he's doing right now. And like is he is he tired? Is he crying? Is he almost like he was my child? You know, you feel that way about your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely can remember sitting in my car for hours just hoping to get a glimpse mm. or see if he's going into his apartment with someone. I never actually saw him, which is also crazy, but sitting there and thinking it was okay. Mm. The good news out of all that is I can look back on these things and know how I want to feel should I be gifted with a relationship again. I can have passion without having the manic behind yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that's available. It's totally Please? available. Please? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> right? Yes, absolutely. And you can have a breakup and you can be sad and you can move forward with grace and it doesn't have to be like stalking them on social media or driving by their house. And You know, it's interesting what that triggers for me, the idea of possessive love. Yeah. You know, like what what, what does possessive love look like, right? You know, versus, you know. um, Possessive, manipulative love versus romantic. You know, passion, you know, like, you know, uh, empathy love, right? You know, and so that's where I was finding the pain shopping kind of weird, crashing into a codependent relationship, living them out, going through all the the erratic behavior and coming out the other end, like you said, I, you know, we all hope to have takeaways from those. And I know after a few for me, I knew that, you know, that was just too hard on my life. It was too hard on my body. It was too hard on my mind, right? Like I had higher aspirations that I couldn't afford to allow myself the luxury to get into whatever new form of codependent relationship I was looking for, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you know, I had to kind of grow up a little bit and stop doing that, right? right? And so then, like you said, I had the luxury of the, the range of experiences to kind of further choose and, and be on the lookout for in my new dating life. So then, but that brings me to kind of like the far range of pain shopping. Uh, another side of it that brought, came up for me was, wow, I could be in a healthy relationship, having a great time with my partner, mm-hmm. enjoying ourselves and feeling comfortable and confident and communicating and feeling understood and being all groovy and like in the yummy and all the yumminess. Right. And then somewhere I get an addictive impulse that says uh, something's wrong about this and and you need to get to the bottom of it. Really? So you yuck your own yum? I yuck my own yum. Don't do that. I know it's like the Why'd worst idea that? ever, right? You know, and so it's it's less well, obvious. Is my is, point about so you know, being the erratic, you know, being that you know manic panic version of a bad relationship. I want to ask you about this, like, but I think you know the other version that is kind of odd, and I'm sure again all the psychology books out there can explain it. But but let's talk about it because sure. this is a, this is great because sure. I you know I think I think what's fun about the podcast, at least for me, hopefully for our listeners, is. You know, I haven't heard these conversations out loud. Mm. How does the pain shopping look like? You start digging for a problem in I it? I must or? have an addiction with fear. So, so I, wh- I must but where does your brain go? Kind of just fear first. Okay. It okay. goes to fear. Like what if I lose this? Yeah, maybe okay. uh, maybe it's feeling too good. 
right? And then it's then it what's goes, it gonna f- do? You actually then, play out in your head like oh oh geez bad thing bad yeah, no I, I do all the things like <laughs> you know, I, I have so many plays in my head in any oh given day gosh. right? And not a simple man right? I, I have complex brain that way. Wow. Right? I wish I was more simple. I always wanted to feel like I was more Clint Eastwood stoic. I, yeah. I'm not that guy, you know. So it's interesting. I love that you're sharing that because I do the opposite mm. of like I, I it's going great. Nothing could go wrong. Mm. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like the blindsided person because if things are great, I take it for, I'm very literal and take things at face value until I see a problem. Well, and I, I think I do that as well, right? Like we can have our last to know hats and then I can be on both sides of the fence where I'm shaming somebody else for what I think that they're doing is paint shopping with me to get attention. Okay. Because maybe okay. I'm not giving them enough attention or maybe they're not giving me enough attention. Maybe our healthy attention isn't what we're addicted to. So would it, so would <laughs> it look like... Like, um... So when you're being passive aggressive, I find that's that's what it looks like for me, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this is things I haven't reconciled in myself. This uh, this doing this right now on the microphone is an effort to take more high road in my life, take more honesty of that mm-hmm. bad behavior that doesn't serve me, doesn't serve the partnership, right. won't serve the world, and try to fix it. But I'm staring, I'm staring at it happening right in front of me while I'm playing it out you know, unnecessarily. And that's how I get to so it. So you're right? pain shopping in the actual relationship in order to possibly test the relationship. Yeah, maybe to see, see how if, strong it yeah, is or to whatever. See, mm-hmm. To see if... Um, or just sometimes just to feel like I, 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 I'm getting, I know I'm going to get duped in this relationship. So I'm ahead of it. I'm just well, going to feel, I'm going to feel its loss before it's even close to going away. Right. Yeah. Like I want to live out the loss so I can be, I don't, you know, I don't break. So when I was a little girl, <laughs> yeah. when I was a little girl, I can remember, um, when I would go to sleep, I would start thinking about things like my grandparents dying mm. and I would really no, go I in it. I remember doing something like right? that too. I it, wanted to feel those. Yeah. And so it was huh. almost, I, I think back to those times and, and I, w- I was thinking, well, maybe, maybe that's our psyche's way of practicing so that we can handle it when it happens. Yeah. So wow. maybe. That's a breakthrough here for me on that one. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's right? an aha moment. Yeah, yeah. So maybe in a relationship. Gosh, you're right. Like I, when you're five years old, I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's there. okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Maybe when you're <laughs> right. In, no, I know you're excited about well, this. Yeah, one. <laughs> no, it's an aha moment for me. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with it because yeah. like, I, I had not thought long ago, like, you know, I was born to a young 16 year old. So when I was like five and, you know, she's only 20 something, you know, right. and any young man in, in, in a single parent, you're thinking if my mom dies, the whole world's going to end. Yeah. Right. And that's where you get those first feelings. And like, I just had just, you just reminded me of that. Yes. And then you play them out in your head You do so that you can kind of strengthen yourself, maybe sharpen your sword in some way. And, right. And then we just keep doing this all through our life with different people. With different, in <laughs> different ways. Well, go figure. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. <laughs> you don't have to do that anymore. But right. I, but yeah. I think that might be what you do in a relationship. It's like <laughs> you yeah. go in your head yeah. and you think like, oh God, this is, this is going so well. And what if, you know, you, you allow yourself to play out just a completely fabricated story to feel it, that's, right? That even can happen, right? Like that's what I'm saying in that pain shopping at the thinnest level. It's like, the, yeah. you know, and at, the, at the best of me, I'm still possibly pain shopping. I am. Yeah, well, and, and yeah. I'm, I'm constantly because working what on is doing that less pain shopping. Right, because it's not serving your relationship. It's, it's not serving yourself. It is just straight up self-sabotage. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because I think it, for me, when I uncover these sort of things and then I find myself 
doing something. You know, if like I suddenly hear something about my ex-husband, I'm not going to lie. There are times I get a, yeah, I get an urge for a moment. Like, well, I, I want to, I'm going to go look at his Facebook, even though he's blocked, but then I'm going to have to unblock him. And then, and then, and then I, st- and then I stop. I'm like, and then what? Mm-hmm. And then what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Is it, you going to feel good? Are you going to feel bad? Are you going to gossip? Like, you have better things to do with your time. You have better things to do with your psyche. Mm-hmm. Grow up. Mm-hmm. Like I have a, I have an inner coach. And that's another big aha here, right? Like there's, this is, I mean, to me, it's it really comes down to a lot of maturity, right? Yeah. Like what's my takeaway when I go through all that grueling behavior and, and, you know, shaming myself and feeling like a piece of shit really, right? Like at the end of that, is there a takeaway or was that just a total waste of time? You know, my takeaway is, boy, I have some growing up to do. Right, you know, I I've got right. I, I and but and that's great. It is actually, I'm not right? done growing up, and I'm still growing up. I don't even know yeah. what I want to be when I, I grow uh, up. Yeah, yet. maturity <laughs> is a lifelong uh, goal. Right, yeah. <laughs> we don't just become grown up, right? No. It doesn't really happen that way. You know, I'm excited to have these new observations about myself and relationship. I'm excited, you know, it, it, trying them on again, hopefully yeah, right. sometime yeah. with somebody else because right. whoever I, I pair with next is going to get the best version of me so far. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that woman looks like yet, you know, so, but I know she's in there, you know, I, I'm really committed to being a better version of myself mm-hmm. and it's a practice, you know, I'm not, it's not a perfect, I, I'm not saying, oh, I, I'm so much better in theory, I am. Mm. Yeah, with time will tell. Let's see. Right. Yeah, bring it on. Maybe I'm not. Right, yeah. <laughs> Who wants to play? Yeah, right. Yeah. But um, it's really interesting for all of us to look back. At, and, and it doesn't have to be in a romantic relationship even. I mean, even with friendships that have ended possibly or family members. I have a lot of people in my life that have written off family members. So that's another one. We, we fantasize about closure. Well, if my you know, uncle came to me and said this, this, and this, then yeah, we could sit down and talk. Well, that's ridiculous. You don't get to write the scripts. You're carrying around your own backpack of upsets. Mm -hmm. They're not suffering around your upsets. You know, a word came to me about it when we were walking through this is a brat. Right. Like, I mean, you, you be, we're being a brat sometimes in those cases, too. Right. Like, yeah. I, mean, I mean, just to try to find a even a more empathetic word for it other mm-hmm. than, you know, just a loser. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like for any of us right, who've right. done it and been through I'm it and doing it or baby. doing it now. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> I think that, that, you know, kind of the the more uh, forgiving word in a way is that, you know, you're not getting your way. Right. Yeah. You, you don't have control of your life the way you thought you did. Mm-hmm. And you're being a brat. You know, we are being a brat. I'm being a brat. And and I'm living and I'm in, in that, you know, the more controlling we are, the more possessive we are of our love, particularly the more we throw temper tantrums. Right. Right. And then the more open we are about our love and, and trusting about our love and, and, and accepting fully, like I've talked about before, radically accepting of our love. We typically are not throwing daggers at our partner. We're not looking for little jabs to get them off their their, their, their stride or to hurt them or to be hurt, right? Like it's a... And and I think that it also comes down to if you want to get over your breakup and you're having a hard time, mm-hmm. and, and I know this is so cliche, it's unfortunate it's turned into like a meme, but really to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not going to operate in a space of doing the best things for yourself in a breakup, then you are creating your own upset. You are not, you're not creating your closure that you need for yourself. You're the only person that can be in charge of your closure. That's it. So stop pain shopping. Mm-hmm. Stop stalking them. Mm-hmm. Stop asking about them. What do you need to do 
to make yourself feel good, mm-hmm. you know, and, and stop making them wrong too, right? Like if you if you're really moving on from a relationship, yeah. there's if you really do love somebody, you don't want to be like you know actually trying to make their life worse on oh the way God, out. No. Like if you really felt healthy love for somebody, <laughs> right. you're not like oh, I'm going to make that person pay. I'm going to make them feel like the worst no person revenge. ever. There's right? no revenge. You know, this doesn't work. You know, no. real healthy love doesn't work that way, right? Like you can you can take it to the therapist, but you know you know you don't have to put it on the other person. You really hope that whatever they got from your relationship, like you said, and what you got from each other is your season, your moment, right? Uh, that you were both going to be better in the next. I've always thought that. Like I hope to my partners that they somehow contributed to them at least having a better relationship even if I was like the worst case scenario they could take to the next <laughs> one right? you know right. that it somehow would help us all level up and evolve into what we all ultimately want which is happy healthy growing maturing nurturing you know relationships which it require us to look at our dark sides require us to look at our shadows while we're in them even in the best of them and and then through the the, the letting them go right I mean I've I found that one interesting story for me was again uh, what kind of helped me get over some of the mental grief of my divorce was is that I made up a, a new society that I lived in where that society existed of you got married three times. You got married the first time for young love and to mature marriage and to see how you're broken and help each other become better husbands and wives. You got married a second time for children and you you know went into the business of family and raised beautiful kids and you got married a third time for companionship in your latter life and oh you said you were thinking in your head i made this up in my head right and uh and i gotta tell you the moment i imagined that hey if if that if i lived in that tribe i would be on track (laughs) i'd be like i'd I'd be moving forward for my goal yeah so i was able to almost eliminate the pain immediately with a thought Mm-hmm. It no longer had the the, the uh, hold on me anymore, the grip on me. I wasn't such a failure. I mean, at that time, just by the changing of the consciousness behind it, and so that consciousness of I'm entitled, you know, to a lifelong marriage, and now I don't get it, you know, and so now I've got to walk through the pearly gates with my head down because I messed up God's one true, you know, calling for me, which is that we get married and for death to us part, which is still true for a lot of people, and and for good reason, but. For me, when I got rid of that belief system, a lot of the pain and a lot of the bad behavior went away. Mm-hmm. And that consciousness stuck with me so that I could reimagine relationships moving forward. I could reimagine them from a place that I never had before. And I certainly wouldn't have been able to reimagine them if I would have just gone into distraction and not walk through those, those dark hallways and, and try to figure out what's going to change uh, all of this, you know, pain inside of me that I continue I'm shopping for around my divorce even right. though it's not healthy and I need to move on and she needs to move on and we both have kids to raise and let's do this smart and wise we want to be distinguished members of our you know, community still and show up to games together and but behind the scenes we're you know being assholes to each other right right well also I think whenever we're plotting how to create any suffering for anyone else mm-hmm. we're we're sucking our own ability to be present in the moment because if you think about it, if you're plotting something for the future that's not good, then you're not in the moment that you're that's in right. in the moment, yeah. right? It's like this is just poison. See, that's some of the takeaways here, right? Is you know how these how these experiences helped us, you know, uh, be better for our future partners or our present partners. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, and what takeaways are there? For me, one of them I got from the show here and really much more ingrained than ever is reconciliation is, is the name of the game for me. Whatever it is that I'm having conflict with, it's my job to reconcile it. Yeah, It's nobody else's job to reconcile That's it. That's right. And then I have to also agree some things I won't be able to mutually reconcile with another person, right? Like they'll they'll have to do their own reconciliation. I will have to not write them the script, get that I'm not going to get what I want out of that closure story, right? Yeah. And make that okay. Change my belief system, make that okay, and move on in stride so that I am a healthy human being. I'm right? going to share a little a little story that's okay. kind of crazy. Sure. I just was, and this isn't a pat myself on the back thing, but I think it um, it's something that I feel good about. Um, fast forward of a year and a half after the, all the drama, I'm in a bar talking to a friend. I had just come back from Marfa, Texas, which was one of the most incredible trips of my life. And my ex's girlfriend walks in, the woman he had the affair with. She walks into the bar. We were talking, and she had walked by me. I didn't even notice, but she said in a very snarky voice, Hi, Alyssa. I remember, like, kind of having a bitch face, but then relaxing my face and smiled at her. I said, Hi, Chelsea. And she changed. She kind of, you know, like, whoa. And she said to me, Uh oh, that trip you went on looked amazing, which is funny because it also showed that she was stalking my Instagram account. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so whatever. Yeah. I know, it's crazy. But mm-hmm. but anyways, so we started to have a mini dialogue. And all of a sudden, I just said, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And then people around us got real tense. And she was like, yeah. And I could see in her face, like she wasn't sure what was going to go. I didn't even really know what was going to go down. Um, we went to the back of the bar and we sat at a booth. I said, look, we're going to bump into each other. We live in the same town. I just want you to know, like, I'm over it. I don't wish you any ill will. And if you guys are soulmates, great, good, good. Have at it. You know, I just don't want it to be weird. Anymore. And, yeah, right? I'm, like, just, yeah. I'm just, like, really tired of it. I mm-hmm. really don't wish you any ill will. Mm-hmm. And she cried. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I was trying to be some amazing human. It was for me. I wasn't Mm -hmm. doing that for her. Mm -hmm. It was like I really needed to say it out loud. And I felt released, you know, and and I did that. I mean, she could have said nasty, dirty things to me, you know, and I think that moment allowed me to grow up. Yeah. You know, and and it allowed me to, to really get like, wow, I've really let... I let it go. Like, I love the maturity thing reeling itself in the story again, right? Like yeah. Another real takeaway is the growing up and that we do grow up through these if we let ourselves. And then I think high road and low road are life throws those at us as much as we try to practice them. We're given these windows, these moments, you know, where we could go low road because it's thrown at us. Oh, right? sure. You know, her, her walking in the room is you feel like it's thrown at you and you've already had pain here before. You've already experienced this kind of almost trauma from it all right or not even almost right and so this time you realize you were in a different space you were able to it got thrown at you you were able to act on it and it came from a much more mature place and you were able to walk high right yeah that's not guaranteed right no. <laughs> ever right but no. but that's where the maturity kind of starts to gain us wins it's like getting to the gym. You know, you you get to start to see your gains. And you can right? practice. The, and what's cool is it it made me realize that, that, first of all, I'm a lot stronger than I give myself credit there for There you sometimes. go. That's another win. And, um, and I felt so great afterwards. I felt so great the next day mm-hmm. that I realized that the more I can just really operate in a place of just letting go, 
letting go, not pain shopping, not bringing myself back to the wound, you know, it, it allows a freedom in my own spirit that I am in charge of. It is not up to my ex-husband to come to me and apologize for gaslighting or, or for her to apologize for, you know, anything that she did. It, it doesn't matter because that is not that it wouldn't even necessarily heal anything. You know, it's really entirely up to me. And that doesn't mean I'm 100% healed. And, I, and, you know, I still have definite, you know, scars and cracks and, and you know, around it. And, and interesting things sometimes, you know, pick, pick the, uh, the scab a little bit. But, um, but I'm sure that's normal. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, that's why we're here too, right? Like, yeah. I mean, these, the, the, we, we communicate. To our, you know, through the process to get there, right? right. But I think uh, that's all there is to hear uh, today, folks. I think you just wrapped <laughs> it up beautifully. And, uh, yeah, I don't think we need to summarize for any of our intelligent audience what we think we got out of this conversation. We'll let them great. do that for themselves. Thank you for really sharing, Heath. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, likewise, always. So Thank you, good. Alyssa. All right. All right, until next time. All right. Thanks all.